Everything happens when all things come together in what can only be described as perfect chaos. Welcome to episode one of the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda. And David. And we are excited to bring you on this new journey with us. So, this year, everybody is a first-year teacher. It doesn't matter if you've been teaching for 20 years or two days. All of us have started this year as first-year teachers. There was no chapter that any of us studied in school that talked about teaching during a pandemic or when the world seems to pull you in every direction. If you're doing this and you don't find yourself weary at the end of the day, you've got to let us know how because I'm a type of tired I have never ever experienced before. So the question is, how do we find a balance between the never-ending to-do lists and the sheer humanness of who we are? None of us are meant to be robots and the sheer nature of educators does make us caregivers. Unfortunately, it is all too easy for this nature of caregiving to be what burns us out as well. So today, we're going to look at some practical things we can do to create a work-life balance in a crazy world. So as you brought this topic uh, to us as our first episode, which has uh, been exciting to kind of put this together over the last couple months, um, it's something that we've both uh, been doing uh, as we uh, join together in a singular office with two different higher education institutions represented. Uh, and and figuring out things that we never we, we never had to deal with before in, in any of our levels of education. Uh, while some of us we, we both took online education, but we went into uh, the days knowing that. Uh, but in this instance, we were teaching, and then we weren't. Yeah, that was the part that went a little wonky. Um, maybe that's just me, though. That whole stopping, which for us happened mid-semester. We had a two-day transition to go online. And luckily for us, we ours occurred during spring break, and uh, we, we extended spring break and uh, had, had a little bit of time to adjust uh, just a little bit. But then we also had, oh yeah, those small things that run around our house. <laughs> so... Uh, that, that adds a, a, a new dynamic to this uh, as well, that uh, not only were you bringing your uh, education uh, demands into the house, I was bringing mine, and then we had uh, two kids that were doing the same thing in, in a environment that we didn't know what was going on as well. So, Yeah, it, it's been kind of a crazy year. I think we could go with that. Um, but then we were going to plan, right? We were. We all had all summer so we could figure this out and figure out how to do it. And it's uh, been fun, uh, to say the least. And when we think we have everything kind of licked uh, and, and good to go, it is uh, one of those things that uh, next thing you know, we don't. And something new comes up. Yeah, the, the newness of in a mask, out of a mask, take a temperature, don't take a temperature. You can go to school, but wait, now you can't. Um, You've been in school, and because of reasons. You get sent home. You get sent home. Uh, both of us have dealt with that. We've had kids coming in and out of classes. Um, 
and even our own kids going in and out of classes going in and out of classes <laughs> uh, so from day to day uh, so I'm gonna bring up the first question uh, for you and uh, just us in general to talk about it and, and that kind of is what are the resources to be in these three areas so let's kind of define that first what three areas kind of are we talking about here so when I'm talking about teaching in triplicate I'm quite literally talking about the way that we're having to plan lessons so I work with our job embedded students and one of the things that you know when you become a teacher and you didn't have any formal training in how to teach that whole lesson planning thing can throw you off a little bit but now to lesson plan and there I have some students that are teaching students in front of them and students on the computer at the same time I have some that are teaching the students in front of them and building things for their students that are doing virtual learning and then we have that group that in and out group that keeps getting exposed to the virus so they have to be out for 14 days or they have a fever today and can't come to school but tomorrow they can so when I'm talking about teaching in triplicate I'm talking about quite literally in-person online and hybrid all at the same time and sometimes we as you mentioned there have to flip that switch on a, on a uh, individual daily basis that one day we may have somebody that's out and one day we don't well and that even became uh, evident when our oldest child was sent home to quarantine um, and she's a senior in high school what does that look like and it's very different than what it looks like in either one of our classes and it's also very different than what it's looking like at a middle school or elementary school level so you know that's kind of what we're gonna look at today is how can we do this and make it maybe a little easier on ourselves as teachers uh, and create a balance because right now there's not a whole lot of balancing going on around here all right so let's first start I think uh, at the levels that we're currently at which talking about higher education uh, whether you're teaching teachers to learn how to do this or really any other discipline that's something we have to look at is you may be face-to-face -face, uh, now and then that has to change well and one of the things I talk about this when I teach educational technology classes is that good teaching is good teaching it doesn't matter whether we're online in-person hybrid those same things that we do to engage students translate across the board um, so in my world we have socially distanced classes uh, there's a couple classes that I'm teaching where I have students um, on two different campuses at the same time so obviously I'm just one person we hadn't figured out how to split me or clone me yet you may not really want to clone me but we can go with that uh, so for me to teach to both of those groups uh, I'm using something that I am also using with uh, one of my classes where there's too many students to fit in one room. So I actually have to stand in between the door of two different rooms <laughs> and teach from there. So I'm using, I'm using Zoom. Uh, it can be done via multiple platforms. I know a lot of people are using Teams or Google Classroom. Um, group me go to meeting what are y'all using so we too are using zoom and uh, microsoft teams are, are a couple of the ones uh, and you can actually uh, 
join those uh, as well. Uh, you can either use the embedded video player or combine the two. Uh, it's primarily what we're using, but there are multiple different techs uh, that you can use, including FaceTime if you have a right. small number of groups. Right. Um, so FaceTime is actually how our daughter got to go to AP Biology when she was on quarantine. Right. Some of her friends FaceTimed her in. So I think the biggest thing is to have a plan. So for what I do, um, I am using Nearpod uh, to instead of PowerPoint to do my presentations so that the students that are not there can see them. Uh, when I teach in between two rooms, actually one of them's a classroom and one of them's a conference room. So there's no projector or board or tech or computer or really anything in that conference room. So I'm using Nearpod um, for all of my presentations. Now I did figure out uh, a nice hack on Nearpod so that I don't have to recreate all my PowerPoints. Uh, if you load your PowerPoints into Google, you can link your Google Drive and it will work with Nearpod. Alright, so then if you link your Google Drive to your Nearpod, you can just import those and it imports it as a Nearpod presentation. So then if you wanted to go in and add the activities and things that happen in Nearpod, that's an easy thing to do. Now the nice thing about using Nearpod is you can open it up and use the lesson while you're going, but let's say a student needs to review the lesson, you can open it up to be a student-paced lesson as well and they can see all your slides and go through the activities. So that's kind of a nice one that you can use back and forth. And just a, a thought, and this actually just came uh, to me here, is that by doing this, we actually have the ability to take an opportunity and look at uh, embedding these into our online learning management system so that if the student needs to, you know, uh, they can go back and review the lesson again. Or if there was a key area that they, they missed on, not only just uh, whether it's in person or, or online, or the hybrid depending on what the circumstance are it gives them an opportunity to go back and review that again right and you know one of the things that i have been encouraging my my students who are teachers to do is that when they're giving that lesson when they're doing their lecture piece um, even if it's breaking it up into different segments uh, if they're doing that via teams or zoom or whatever hit the record button let that thing record. Don't try to teach and then go back and redo your lecture. Um, to keep engagement, I know what I'm doing when I'm teaching in those that that class, those two classes where there's people on two different campuses. So I put my computer with the webcam right in front of me so that I can see them and they can see me and it's in my direct line of sight for the people that I'm teaching that are on campus so what that does is that kind of gives me the feel that people are in the room it also lets me go back and forth to the chat um, you know for the students that will put questions in chat and that kind of thing again you know recording that while we're going because Lord knows let's not try to redo this twice that's kind of the big thing um, and then that a lot like like you said you can embed it into your learning management system you can give them the code to see the presentation and get back to it, those kinds of things. So with this, uh, we, we've had a couple of months. Uh, have you had any feedback as to 
the integration so far? Is there lessons learned that you've gained so far? Uh, the very first lesson I learned was how to get my PowerPoints into Nearpod the way I wanted them. Um, Nearpod can be, if you're using the free version, which I do, <laughs> I'm a huge uh, advocate for using free tech whenever available. So sometimes it can be a little clunky when you're trying to build a lesson. So that was the first thing that I learned that really started saving me time, was that I could still do everything, use the PowerPoints that I've been using, uh, create some things to go around that, and um, save myself time from having to recreate it. So that was one big thing. The other big thing that I learned during this is that recording it while I'm doing it. Um, now there's been a couple small things that we figured out. The, the students could hear me, but they couldn't hear discussion from other students. So in my particular instance, the department ordered me a snowball mic that I put in the middle of the room. That works out well. Um, the other thing that I have discovered is that my students and I'm teaching everybody from, I have first semester freshmen all the way up through graduate students in my classes. And they really like the ability to see the presentation on their screen in front of them, even if they're in the room with me. Um, when I, uh, I did one the other day and I just ran out of time um, and didn't get it into Nearpod, they were asking for the Nearpod. And they asked me if once we got done, if I would go put it and link it over into Nearpod so that they could see it that way. So they seem to really be enjoying that and enjoying some of those activities that you can put in, the collaborative boards, the discussions, the questions, that kind of thing. So we've talked a little bit about the resources and one of the key things about those resources uh, is understanding how they work. So uh, one of the things you'll find, and I'll go ahead and speak for Ron on this, one of the things you'll see uh, as far as us is the fact that uh, we don't want tech to be a distraction in the classroom. Tech is a great addition as long as it's used properly. So with all these resources, whether it's Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Google Class, um, Nearpod, or really any of the different technologies, which, whichever one you decide to use, uh, is just knowing how that's going to work and kind of having a backup plan uh, as well. Because uh, we all know that if, if tech fails, uh, we can up uh, seeing rather significant uh, distractions to the students uh, overall. So with that, uh, I'm going to let you talk on this next as well because you actually brought it up, but it's something that I took out to, to my faculty in the classroom uh, or, or in the office as well uh, as a preemptive aspect is to have multiple plans in place, not only for this aspect, uh, but also the individual instructor aspect. So I think we can't talk about triplicate until we talk about uh, us as a facilitators as well. So the plans, not only the tech, but for you. So especially, I struggle um, with that caregiving aspect of being a teacher. Uh, lots of students call me mom. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a thing, um, but because of that, I also tend to, I will work and work and work and work and never stop. Um, and so one of the things that I have determined as we've been going through this 
is that I have to plan for things to go wrong, which I was doing. What I had not planned for was what happens if I'm the one that gets sick? Then what are we gonna do? Um, I know one of my job embedded teachers just the past two weeks has been on quarantine. And, and her thing was, you know, you've been working with us on planning. None of us ever thought about how am I gonna teach from home with a substitute in my classroom and nobody else there. So what, how do we go about that? Um, so this plan of not only what are you gonna do and the plan for, okay, what if the tech doesn't work? How do you know, right? Especially if you're teaching virtual students and face-to-face -face students at the same time. What do you do with that room? Um, how do you, how can they let you know if they can't hear you, things like that? if the tech's not working, if the power goes out, right? Things that we didn't necessarily think about, but it's all things that have happened so far since I've been doing this. Um, what happens when you have the distractions in the background? You know, you'll notice we have dogs barking. It's because we are outside. Uh, this is what's called first fall in the south, and it's beautiful. So we're out here. So do you stop and try to shush the dogs in the neighborhood? How distracting does that get for your students? Or do you just keep moving? And so you make mention, because there are some of those that obviously we're not going to immediately uh, be able to rectify, you know, power going out or a, a network going down. Uh, but you mentioned us as, a, as an asset in the classroom as well. So uh, there's multiple aspects. One, uh, we've already talked about having the plan to move if you if you have a full face-to-face -face class and you need to move uh, one individual uh, out how do you keep them engaged uh, but what if uh, we become the ones and th there's really three there uh, one are we just quarantined so uh, as we know as, uh, about COVID uh, but this really can come to anything uh, as uh, different diseases come around we've uh, seen a return of measles uh, in, in our region uh, and across the country. We've seen COVID. The flu may become uh, to epic levels. Might uh, should have had a plan around. when I got mono that summer. Mono. Uh, some, <laughs> Luckily, I know, was teaching online. Something you know like that that, that occurs. Uh, you know now we are the ones that have to go out, and so some of that may be that hey we're just held off campus uh, because we've been exposed to somebody, but yet we're not sick. Um, and there we can kind of pick up and see how we do uh, that delivery. But in your instance, the classroom where you teach in a classroom and a conference room at the same time may be compromised. And, and you have to, while you are able to do online and catch some, how do you catch the others? Um, and, and do you just send them, hey, you go back to your dorm and we'll, we'll do this all via Zoom. And what if you actually become sick? Uh, you know, it may be that you, you are sick, so you're off campus, but you're able to communicate. Uh, your illness is rather mild. Uh, and then there's that third instance where you become sick to the point that you're in the hospital uh, or you're just not able to communicate. And, and that's where we get not only uh, the technology involved, uh, we may offer assignments in a different means, but we also may have to include a, a backup faculty member right I mean we've I know in my department we started the semester 
when we came back with everybody find somebody that if you would have to be out for more than two weeks or if you get really sick that can help cover for you um so there's that there's also though what are the things that we can do to help us stay healthy um we can develop a plan the plan is going to go off the tracks we know that right this is education we work with humans some of us work with small children um the plan's going to go all re we know it's going to happen um and we can kind of plan for that for some of those things but what about the other pieces you know in higher ed we have office hours what are the expectations of office hours? How are we dealing with that? Um, mine, I'm doing mostly in person, uh, but there's become a whole lot more flexibility for if somebody needs something, we'll meet via Zoom, or let's set up a Teams meeting, or hey, let's Skype. You know, I Skyped with a student the other day. Um, there is something to that of what we have been thinking of is okay well I'm setting my office hours from 9 45 to noon three days a week and that's when students if you need me that's when you need to come by there's gonna be a whole lot more flexibility than that well and and some institutions are doing it that basically if you're not in the classroom uh, you should not be on ground um, and basically saying all of the traditional on ground office hours that you were mandated to do before now become virtual and so uh, how do you have access? And, and one of the things that we found when all this first happened and we were limited access to the facilities is are we as prepared to go um, remote as we'd like to think? You know, most of us, many of us have laptops or tablets, uh, but are we prepared, you know, to, uh, to get to our student files? Um, are we allowed to take student files? Because that's actually one thing that I've been asked. Are we able to take some of this stuff? Uh, because if you go into the state offices, uh, they can't have uh, licensure data leaving their offices in paper format. Now, if they have an electronic means to do it, they can do that remotely. They just can't take paperwork uh, out. So uh, are we prepared then to go remote? And if so, you know, my recommendation is kind of put together a checklist of some of those things that you may need uh, in the day you leave. So uh, I'm going to bring this up is we were actually on spring break uh, the week we got the notification that things were, were going to change. And we were given some instructions early that said, hey, you have to the end of spring break to get everything you need because next week we're going to extend spring break a week and you're not able to come back after Friday at 4.30. Um, so there was a lot of planning going on. Uh, but what do you need? Um, and the, the crisis time is not necessarily a good time to have a pre-plan. This is where your CERT background and my Mercy Services background are gonna come into this because I didn't plan, but it would be good to say, hey, this is what I need in my bug out bag. I need my uh, computer. I ended up taking my monitors and forgetting the power cords that went with them, only to find out that Walmart was out of power cords uh, for computer electronics, which was an interesting thing. So um, then what can you take and what should you take? Well, and that kind of goes to, you know, several local school systems uh, that we have, I have job embedded students in 
they went home on March the 11th, which was a Friday, and never went back. And there was no indication. So I am a huge proponent. It's something I did when I taught in public schools. It's something I do digitally now. Um, but I did, I had folders. Um, and it was like a class layout folder that told me kind of the pertinent information I needed to know about each student. And that's what I carried home. Those were the things that I took home with me to plan. Um, my students, they lovingly said I numbered them. And I did uh, to, a, to some degree. But I didn't carry everything home with me back and forth during the day. And this is one of those instances where we can probably, those of us in higher ed, need to look at the people that are teaching P-12 schools, because this is what they do. They decide every day how much they're going to take home. Um, and and they most of them have a pretty good handle on the easiest way to do it. For me, it was a notebook. I just had one really big notebook and with dividers, one for each class. And it had the pertinent information, and then everything else was digital. <laughs> and I might have a copy of my digital stuff, but I had it all digital so that I could see it there. And... Is digital the way to go in some of these instances? Both you and I are, are tech savvy uh, and, and having uh, computers uh, readily available and, and uh, even though we had to do some working with our internet provider to get things uh, squared away just a little bit, uh, we did well. But uh, one of the things that I found is while I do a lot of things via tech, um, there were things that I was more efficient doing pen and paper and didn't necessarily prepare for that yeah there's definitely there's a lot of things that I still like to have pen and paper um, you know when we first went online I was still advising 900 students and their advising sheets were all pen and paper uh, that became having to go in and I would pick up notebooks that kind of thing and I think there's there's some degree of that that we can plan for and there's some degree of it that you know, I wasn't going to bring home all 10 notebooks every day. Um, you know, I brought home what I needed at the time. Uh, and then beyond that, there, there's got to be some grace for ourselves and for our students and from our students. Um, you know, you got caught kind of in a whirlwind because you had to pick up a class. Right. That you <clears throat> didn't have the stuff for. So that was... I mean, that's even a different thing. I, I try to bring home the stuff that I need for classes. And so then, talking about the hours uh, specifically, you know, one of the things uh, that was big for me when this change occurred uh, back in March was the fact that, um, you know, my, my transit to and from work is about 45 minutes. And that, that travel time was kind of the preparatory time to getting them in the, the work mode and then uh, when I'm coming home try to get out of that and it was kind of a for lack of a better term a physical barrier because that uh, was what it is you know it was distance time distance in between my my work and my home that while I still answered some emails answered some phone calls as I have students in in the field 24 hours a day um, that was that physical barrier and then when we came home while you and I initially said hey 530 that was the cutoff every day 
and we <laughs> used that for a couple of weeks but then those lines started to blur because that distance you know leaving that office didn't occur so you can't well I'm not at work anymore um, and so uh, we have to kind of figure out a way when you're at home or at least we would make a recommendation that is to say hey this is my office hours you know I'm gonna keep these and, and I may go just a little bit longer because again there's some flexibility uh, things don't occur as um, organically as they may in the the office and so we have you know what would be a 15-minute meeting at the office may become a 30-minute meeting so we got to be a little bit flexible but what thing if you're normally getting off at 430 uh, or if you are a night and uh, faculty member where you do some office hours in the evening and work late in the evening, you know, do you wait until a certain time to, to come in and, and create those physical barriers like from from 530 to 8 in the next morning, I'm off and, and you're not going to get a response during this point in time or I don't come in until 1 o'clock. But you have to uh, set those expectations out for yourself and to those that you uh, interact with, whether they're students, uh, other faculty, staff, uh, or applicants that may be coming, to know, hey, this is, while we're in these odd environments right now, this is when I'm available. Right, and you know, it. we thought it was gonna be easy because we had an office set up. Now granted, we were sharing an office teaching two very different subjects um, in very different ways but that separation even to go into the office didn't hold it didn't make it stop and what happened at least for me was that my students who a lot of whom are currently teachers that was when they had free time to ask questions was at night so um, that kind of went a little awry and it took us some time, but um, I guess, are you wanting me to lead that into our our tip of the week, my, my thing yep. that I've got here? Uh, all right, because this kind of fits with exactly what David was bringing up. So one of the things that we want to do in this podcast is give you something every podcast, um, whether it's some kind of technology tool, whether it's something to feel good about uh, or just some practical life thing all right so for this week I am trying really hard with my students to focus on teacher self-care because it is such a thing that none of us do <laughs> right we take care of others maybe not so much ourselves so uh, these are my four steps to beginning self-care as a teacher okay so my first step is put it on your calendar make it a schedule put the time in it might just be 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there and that's fine but put it on your calendar if it's not on your calendar you're gonna just let yourself keep rolling or somebody's gonna claim that time okay and hold that time uh, really for lack of a better term as sacred time everybody's got to have their time now I'm not telling you it's got to be an hour a day and I'm not even telling you what it needs to look like right for me some of that time is 
to sit outside in the mornings and drink a cup of coffee on the deck. That's one of the things that helps me. Um, I have a student that she tries to spend 15 minutes a day writing positive notes to send home to her students. And while that sounds like it's something for somebody else, it helps her remember the positives in her students and why she loves teaching. So it is becoming a self-care thing for her too. So piece number one is schedule it on your calendar. Um, and I will tell you, I'm very good with calendars. That's why we have two children born five years to the day apart. They were on my calendar. That's a little terrifying for some people, but we'll go with it. Number two is to start with small, smart goals. Um, if you are in education, you know what SMART goals are. You have heard them. You heard about them probably when you were a kid in school. But make sure the goals you're setting do fit that, that whole SMART goal rubric, the specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely, that, you know, that it makes sense for you where you are right now. Um, and, and make them small. You know, one of my goals that I set a couple weeks ago was to simply not eat lunch at my desk. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not working while I'm eating lunch. I'm just not doing it at my desk. So that was my goal, even if it's just 15 minutes, right? We're teachers. 15 minutes is, is good for lunch. We can do that. We're used to that, especially those of you that are that are working in P12 schools. So that was my goal. Just take at least 15 minutes away from your desk. Now I have eaten lunch at my boss's in my boss's office at a table with all of us sitting there working. I have eaten lunch with students sitting around a table, uh, hashing something out that they didn't quite understand in class, or or diving deeper into a topic that they wanted to talk about. Uh, one day, I shut my door and sat on my couch. Uh, yes, I do have a small couch in my office. Um, goes back to that whole students called me mom thing. I sat on the couch and cried for 15 minutes while I ate a sandwich. It's a thing. It's all right. Okay, but that was my goal. It was small, but it was necessary. And I figured out exactly how much that contributed to my day by doing that. Um, so now that I've gotten two weeks of that under my belt, I'm moving on to the next SMART goal. Um, so that's number two. Start with small, smart goals. Number three is to practice saying no. Um, you have to practice this. I am fully guilty of this problem of if somebody needs me to do something, I say, sure, I can do that. This summer, as things were happening, it was, hey, can you teach another class? And I said, sure. And then it was, hey, we need another class. And sure, I can do that. And somehow I've ended up with, what am I at, seven classes for this semester? Something like that. Something crazy like that. Um, I have to learn it too. It's not in our nature. But practice saying no. We don't have to be everything to everybody. I jokingly told somebody the other day, my goal in life is to be a Pinterest teacher and a Pinterest mom. And unfortunately, I am an Amazon Prime teacher and an Amazon Prime mom. But you know what? It's not unfortunate. It's okay because that's who I am. And when I am like that, I am able to give more of myself to my kids. 
uh, whether it's our kids here at home or my kids at school. And then number four, which may be, I don't know, maybe this one should have been number one, we think, David. Possibly should be number one, uh, is to give yourself grace. Um, I told our kids before school started this year that I, I needed them to do three things every day. The first one was to remember everybody was doing their best and nobody knew how to do this because, you know, goes back to that whole, there was no chapter in Wong's book about how to teach during a pandemic. The second thing I asked them to do was to remember to be kind to people and to choose joy because they had that choice in the mornings. And then the third one is to give grace. Um, it is very easy right now when everyone is stressed to the max, worried, under pressure, too many things on the to-do list. It's very easy for us to snap back. Um, and we recognize that we have to give our students grace as teachers, but we also have to give ourselves grace. It's okay if you set a goal and don't make it. That's fine. Regroup and start over again. Okay, so your four steps to beginning self-care. One, schedule it on your calendar. Two, start with small, smart goals. Three, practice saying no. And four, give yourself some grace. And uh, my recommendation for the week is something uh, very similar, but it's going to be a book to read in all of our free time. Uh, for me, it was actually listening to this. Uh, but the book was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, listened to it here recently, and it took a lot of the same aspects. It's really talking about leadership, but a lot of the stuff we were talking about today uh, kind of get found in there, wound around it in different areas, uh, and talking about that growth and development. Some of the stuff... Uh, about giving grace is one of those things that uh, you have to make sure that you plug in and and unplug as well to, to make sure uh, you do get better. So that's my recommendation for this week is uh, just to uh, take, check out that book and, and see how it helps you if it uh, helps you anything like me. So any last uh, thoughts? All right. So just to give you guys an idea of uh, what this is going to be, you've seen in our, our teasers the last couple weeks, but now that this is going, this is going to be a weekly podcast designed around educational topics to help us uh, get better. Now, the one thing that we are working on, other than the fact it's been really cool to do this outside, is a podcast studio here in our office as well that uh, will give us the opportunity to limit uh, the dog barking right uh, down the road, the motorcycles, and uh, the incessant uh, lawn mowing that has been right behind us that hopefully you haven't heard. Uh, we did take one quick break that you may uh, run into that uh, there's a train that goes right by our uh, house and um, out of everything it's rather overwhelming. So we are going to see that uh, uh, coming here shortly, but ultimately uh, wherever you're listening to this at, uh, we'd like to get your feedback and uh, get you to rate and subscribe. Uh, that helps us uh, get uh, right there in touch uh, with you. Uh, and then lastly, just a way to contact us. And uh, our socials are, are one of the most frequent ways to be. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, and Instagram under just DSBLEV, B-L-E-V. Uh, and then through LinkedIn as well. And then uh, Rhonda, you've got... Yeah, so I'm on um, 
Twitter as at Dr. D-R-R Blevins, B-L-E-V-I-N-S. Um, and we'll make sure and put that in the show notes. Uh, then I also have a blog called Beautiful Minds Inspire Others. Uh, and you can Google that blog to get there, or you can just go to beautifulmindsinspireothers.com. And that should take you there as well. So, uh, for this week, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope to get your all's feedback soon. And always, enjoy your perfect chaos.